So I thought this week we'd talk a little bit about an issue in higher academics that has sort of become more and more of an issue in recent semesters. And if you haven't figured it out by the title already, then you're probably one of the ones who do not deserve an N.A. No, I, I joke. Um, but in all seriousness, this is a really interesting topic because I think there's a lot of different perspectives on this idea of what exactly constitutes an A grade and sort of what are the reasons for that or what are the justifications for that, as well as why are, are there such differing opinions as to what really goes into A grade work. And so again, I bring this this topic up this week because I would say that when I started teaching college, maybe, I don't know, four or five years ago now, I would sometimes maybe at the end of the semester have a student or two who would email me about their final grade because they didn't understand why they got the grade that they did or they were just unhappy with the grade that they got. And, you know, sometimes students may bring up some interesting points, but most often uh, sort of the, the issue is a, a disconnect between what the expectations that we set out at the beginning of the semester were and sort of them not fully grasping all of the grading criteria uh, throughout the semester. So that's something that I'll, I'll go into a little more depth into as we continue. But I've noticed in recent semesters, particularly the last two or three semesters, that number has gone from maybe one or two students a semester to maybe uh, two or three students per class at least. So it's not just increased, but it's increased uh, by a large percentage, uh, you know, at least several times as many students. And pretty much across the board, students just emailing me after they get their final grades that either they don't understand why they got the grade that they did um, or they're just not happy with it. Uh, I've gotten explanations ranging from I don't understand to well I feel like my work doesn't deserve this grade. Uh, what's interesting about that is that I would say quite often, um, very rarely, is this are these emails from students who have failed and are arguing that they think they should pass. It's more so students that didn't do as well as they would have liked to. And what's particularly vexing of late are students who email me complaining that they got A minuses or B pluses where they feel as if they deserve an A. And I think that's where sort of the biggest disconnect is coming between sort of what our expectations are going into class and then throughout the semester and then the actual outcome, which obviously, as I've, I've said so far, is... Uh, becoming increasingly uh, wider uh, among all of my my classes. Uh, of course, if you're joining us here on the podcast for the first time, I teach college writing, which is a whole other part of the issue, I think, in terms of the sort of quality assessment that we give to work as opposed to, you know, it's easy enough in some senses if you teach a science or a math class and, well, you do the work, you submit the answers, if they're right or wrong, that's your grade. You know, here we're really grading them and judging them in large part based on their uh, the effectiveness of the work, the clarity of the work, which you can, you know, obviously qualify. You can point to specific examples in their work where there are mistakes or errors and try to, again, quantify the number of those if they want to. Um, but there are still oftentimes disagreements uh, between instructors and students as to, well, how many of which types of errors lead to 
uh, different degrees or, or levels of, of gradation, essentially. And so I think it's an interesting topic, not just for college at large, but specifically for, for college-level writing. Um, and, you know, one thing I want to say before moving forward with this topic is that, I mean, you got to understand, I, I actually love giving out A's. I makes me happy to, to have students happy that, you know, not only they learn something, but that their work is um, is successful in various ways and it's appreciated by the, the people reading it. So I, I love when a student earns an A or, or earns a, a good grade, a strong grade. Um, however, that's less and less satisfactory to students over time, seemingly. And I, I think, again, it's it's got to be fair in, in some senses. You know, giving everybody an A really degrades the value of those who do go above and beyond in their work. So that's something else I think is, is worth noting as well as part of the reason why there are these different levels of, of grade level in terms of, you know, assessing individual assignments and work, but then looking holistically at the the whole grade, the full grade for the semester. And, you know, in doing a little bit of research on this, and, and I, I bring this up as well because uh, I, I had some students who were interested actually in writing about this for their, their research papers, this idea of grade inflation over time. And there's a lot of research into this actually, uh, much more so than I maybe not initially thought, but uh, initially sort of uh, expected would, would turn up in some ways. And it has increased uh, grade inflation over time. Um, again, there's a lot of research that shows that whether across uh, the spectrum of private schools, public schools, whatever types of colleges you're looking at, uh, in different ways, these grades have increased over time. But pretty much no matter where you look, grades have been inflated across the board. And so what we mean by that is that um, you know, if at one point the average grade was a C, uh, which I don't know if it was ever quite a C, but I think it was m- obviously much closer than it is today. Um, now that's closer to a B, and in some cases, some schools closer to an A. Um, and this is there's you know a lot of strong data on this, and and this increase seems to be continuing to increase. It doesn't seem like there's any sort of plateau as of yet, let alone sort of a, um, a, a an adjustment to uh, sort of a, a, a different. Uh, set of uh, of averages in terms of all types of grades with all types of schools again and all types of classes, which I think is interesting. And, you know, some of what I read talked about how this correlates with sort of this idea of the consumer era of students as consumers at college. And this sort of makes sense to me because more and more when you think about what college is actually providing for students and what they're actually getting out of it, there is a sense I, I feel as if many students look at college as a pathway to success in terms of, well, there's so many jobs online that, and part of what I teach in some of my writing classes even, certainly in my professional communication writing classes, um, is job ap- appli- or writing job applications, resumes, applying for jobs and practicing that because it's such a useful practical skill. And so many jobs now, you know, regardless of how directly related the work of the job is to the study of the degree that you've earned, they just say they require a certain level of degree. And this has been a standard for many, many years now where, again, you can go to any job site right now. And if you look at most jobs or many um, entry level jobs, you know, full time 
uh, decent paying jobs, oftentimes unless they're specific skills. And even if they are specific skilled tasks, um, they will require a bachelor's. You know, oftentimes they just say require a bachelor's. And so th this is uh, problematic. And, and, you know, again, I think it's problematic as well, because especially with how competitive graduate schools are and, and, and different types of programs as well, which do look at your GPA, students more and more, well, you know, if one place is inflating grades and students are getting easy A's, well, you know, and a student at their school is saying, well, what the hell, right? You know, the, my friend at that school, which sounds easier or looks easier, they're getting an A and they're getting into the, the grad school that they want to, you know, why am I paying more? Why am I paying whatever I'm paying to get lower grades and, and, you know, essentially become handicapped in that sense in the, 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 further professional market, at least, uh, you know, applying to grad school or whatever. So I, I absolutely understand that perspective. And I think, again, that speaks to a much larger issue and problem as to sort of the disconnect between what we're actually teaching in college today and uh, what students are actually learning and, and why they're actually there to learn in different ways. And I think it's, it's, it's an under-addressed problem in many ways. Not a lot of people even in academia, at least in my sphere, which, uh, you know, fair enough is, is a relatively limited sphere. It's only my, my own anecdotal experience, but I feel as if it's not discussed uh, quite as much. And that makes sense because there's so many other issues in academia if you've listened to any of our other episodes. And I do promise we'll, we'll talk about some good things with college and some good experiences and, and a lot of good things that students get out of, I think, not just my class, but college in general and other classes in some upcoming episodes. But I thought this was an interesting topic that needed a little bit more elaboration. And perhaps because, you know, personally speaking, like I said, I, I've kind of been shocked. Uh, you know, we just finished this uh, fall semester a week or so ago. And again, the amount of emails that I've gotten and, you know, I don't feel as if I've changed much in my curriculum and my lesson plan and, and how I do my, my grading and my course courses in general, but I've been shocked at how many more emails I've been getting from students who are not happy with their final grades at all levels, whether they thought they deserved B's or they thought they deserved A's. Um, and I honestly think of myself as a pretty liberal grader to begin with. And I know for a fact that I am compared to many of my colleagues who are, uh, you know, seemingly stricter or, or more um, just restrictive in terms of the higher grades that they give. So I don't know what, the, what that says either. I, I, I don't know what emails, how many emails they might, might be getting. That's something I would like to, to talk to them about as well, because I've been quite shocked, honestly. I, that's the only way I can think to put it in terms of, of how, how much discontent, growing discontent there seems to be uh, among many students, unless they just get an A. And you know, again, for various reasons uh, I, I want to mention, I feel as if, you know, that that does degrade not just the value of the degree and the work that they're doing in college, but also for themselves and compared to their classmates. Um, you know, one of the things I think is worth clarifying as well is this idea of, well, what do these grades actually mean, right? We have the A through F letter grades, which I think most people are familiar with. If you're a student, you certainly are. But even if you're listening and you haven't been to college uh, or you haven't been to college in many years, you kind of have a, have an idea, right? A grade is good. F is, you know, F is for failing, right? Um, and so the way I look at it and the way essentially researching it 
it stands out to me overall is that A is correlative to outstanding work, B is correlated to above the average level of work, C is satisfactory, which means that it is correct and completed work, D is below the average or unsatisfactory um, to the, the you know standard degree that you would want of, of acceptance, but still passing in some cases. Again, this is where it starts to, you start to develop a little bit of disconnect because certain classes at certain universities, like the freshman writing class I teach, you need at least a C, a satisfactory level to pass the class, whereas other courses you can get away with a D, which it would be below average, but still passing. And then, of course, pretty much universally, what I found is that F is failing. And again, these letter grades correlate typically to percentage numbers. So usually A grades are anywhere from about 93, 94% and higher. And then the Bs are, are more along the lines of the 80s, Cs, 70s, and, and, and so on. And of course, there's gradations within that, B plus, B minus, C plus, C minus, uh, to give you a little bit more differentials, uh, differentiation, I don't know the word. I'm pretty tired from grading the past couple of weeks. Um, but give you a little more flexibility in terms of a more specific letter grade to uh, um, match whatever the percentage number of the, the work that they got would be. Um, and so again, I think this is uh, maybe more difficult or at least seemingly more difficult or, or less clear in writing classes because, you know, oftentimes we're, we're looking at work and, you know, I mean, you can go through and point out all the errors, but in terms of whether or not certain types of writing are effective or not to certain types of readers, that can be a little bit more difficult. So what I try to do in my own syllabus and my own guidelines is to be as specific as possible with what I look for as a reader in their work when I'm assessing it. And of course, students oftentimes still don't agree with this, right? But again, this is why I try to be as specific as possible because I'm like, well, even if you don't agree with it, let me at least explain to you the logic and the reasoning. And I think that's that's helped a little bit. I've had some conversations with students where they, they sort of, you know, can agree to disagree. Uh, but oftentimes at the end of the day, uh, well, they're not going to be, you know, happy uh, unless they just get the grade that they want. And again, you know, I've, I've seen it myself where, you know, talking to students, the, the expectation is that more and more a counts as satisfactory work at least to them whereas you know if i graded based on the breakdown that i just gave of a is outstanding um, f is failing and everything in between and the average of my students was c for satisfactory i'm pretty sure there would be a mutiny on my hands <laughs> where you know students would would be absolutely outraged by that because um, they already are the, the fact that they're not all getting a's um, and, and, you know, again, I, I think part of the issue maybe as well, and it's, it's one of these things in academia that is, is kind of a double-edged sword because it's not as if I've ever been given a quota or told specifically like, well, you need, you should be giving this amount of A's or this amount of C's or this is what we really look for in a C. You know, you do get guidelines, but there's a lot of flexibility to really structure your course and your assessments how you want. And I love that about higher education. That's one of the reasons why I love teaching college, um, even more so than, than high school, why I went into teaching college, because of that flexibility and freedom to really do things your own way within the standards that are sort of loosely set. Because I think it allows you as an instructor to, to 
organize things in the most effective way for your own teaching methods, which I think makes sense. And I think in general has worked really well for me and my students. So I like that about it. But at the same time, you do get a disconnect between classes or among classes in terms of, you know, what, what some people deem satisfactory versus outstanding work and even failing work in that case. So that can be an issue, I think. Um, and, you know, in some senses, I think there's a lot of pressure or more and more pressure for teachers or, or professors at the college level. Well, you know, what is their incentive to not give higher grades, right? Well, if you give higher grades, what happens realistically? Fewer students complain, the school looks better, and whatever, right? I mean, that's kind of a shallow <laughs> assessment of the situation, but you know, in some senses, I, I'm just trying to think why grade inflation is a, a sort of a, a reality. And that sort of makes sense at, at a very, you know, much lower resolution level as to, you know, perhaps why that's part of the problem. And so I try to maintain my own standards. And again, I've never budged on, well, if a student disagrees with the grade they get, it's kind of tough luck. I mean, this is life essentially. Um, I think this is an important distinction that we need to make as well. So one of the, the things I do, and you know, hopefully maybe if you are a fellow teacher listening to this, um, you may get something out of this as well. But I think if you're a student as well, you certainly should take this to heart too, that I write this all out on the syllabus very clearly. And so on my syllab syllabi for my classes, I actually have several areas where I really try to clarify this point of, you know, not just how I make my assessments, but why I do the way I do, uh, or why I make those assessments the way I do. So the first thing I say on my syllabus, or one of the first things I say on my syllabus is that, and I'll quote here, quote, if you disagree with any of the policies below, I kindly suggest that you consider switching to another section. This document is a set outline of course requirements, not a negotiation, end quote. And so I've actually had students who tell me, well, I have to take this class. It's the only one that fits into my schedule. My answer is, well, that's great. You still have to follow the rules. You still have to follow the guidelines. It, that is, unfortunately for you, not my job to you know, change everything in my class because, again, this is just what is convenient to your own you know, purposes. So I at least make that clear. If they disagree and are unhappy with it, you know, tough luck, but that's sort of just the way it goes. And again, it's very clearly spelled on, out on the syllabus for this reason. Another uh, point I make later on in my syllabus, I say very explicitly, quote, in all honesty, it is very difficult to earn an A in this course. The standard for successful completion is a C, meaning that elevated grades of B for above average work and A for outstanding performance require top tier performance across all grading categories. And then I have a link uh, where I say, check out some common factors for final grade results here as well. And I have a whole list of some of the most common reasons why students most often aren't happy with the final grades that they get. Everything from they forget to hand in work, they handed in work late, they you know, lost points through attendance and participation, whatever the case may be. So I try to outline those reasons as well that students often overlook. And that is often, uh, or those are often, many of the factors that lead to grades that students aren't happy with. Another thing that I say, you know, again, I, I make this as clear as I possibly can. Um, I say, quote, 
Our class is far from an easy A, but you will succeed in learning a great deal and likely pass if you put in the genuine time and effort. For our detailed paper grading rubric, click here. And I, again, even have the entire breakdown of what I look for in my grading assessments. So, you know, <laughs> you do what you can. Some people aren't going to be happy with that regardless. And I think most importantly, it turns out that, you know, most students, they either didn't read this in the syllabus because they didn't read the syllabus or they kind of skimmed it over and they forgot as they continued on through the semester. And so that's a problem. And um, I, I think I maybe need to do a better job emphasizing that earlier on in the semester and again throughout the semester. But, you know, it's pretty telling when I tell students over and over again, well, you know, if you have questions, ask me. If you have questions, ask me. And then at the end of the semester, students are emailing me after they get their grades asking, well, how did I lose attendance and participation points? You know, all I can say is I said a hundred times throughout the semester, you know, keep track of your attendance and participation. Ask me if you have questions. I'm happy to update you, happy to let you know. And I have students who often do that, but, um, you know, it's the students who email me at the end who uh, haven't been doing that. Or, you know, again, misinterpreted what I said, or, you know, they say, well, I didn't understand that. And, you know, that's sort of a breakdown in communication there. Um, for different reasons oftentimes but so i think in reality to me it's I, I, sort of what's more disappointing perhaps is not so much that students are emailing me that they're unhappy with their grades but it's that they're emailing me and instead of asking what, what, what they should be asking is what more can i do moving forward uh, that's sort of telling right that they're not doing that they're instead of emailing me saying trying to argue or saying well i think uh, I don't deserve this grade. I don't think this grade is fair. As opposed to, you know, sort of, I, I mean, I don't want to sound uh, pretentious in this sense, but, you know, I feel like, and, and I've, I've said this to other instructors and just friends who aren't in academia, uh, I've told them these stories and they're shocked. They, they tell me pretty much across the board that they would have never emailed their professor to try to argue a grade unless they thought there was some sort of clerical clerical error, right? Like I accidentally, you know, put in a C uh, because I clicked the wrong button or something. That would be a different story, obviously. Um, but I, I mean, I could imagine maybe emailing an instructor saying, thank you so much for a great semester. You know, I was wondering, I got an A minus, like, was there anything more I could do, right? Because that would, uh, moving forward, right? Because that would help me in my future classes to do better. Like, I, I think that's something that if I were to email my professor, I would maybe be more inclined to do. Um, and I, I've had a couple students do that before, but none this semester, which, again, is sort of a little bit uh, shocking and I think telling as well as to what's really happening with grade expectations and, and grade inflation across the board. Um, so I think, again, this speaks to a larger societal issue. You know, I think as well that, you know, if we're going to be realistic here, I mean, life isn't going to rate you a grade if you just show up, right? You can't just show up to work on time and think that that's the best performance possible, right? Just handing in the work and completing it and completing it fully, well, that doesn't necessarily speak to its quality, right? And in fact, in life, I mean, you may do your best even or try to do your best and still fail. This is one of the you know, pretty much unanimous uh, entrepreneurial advice you'll hear if you ask anybody who's ever uh, had a successful business is 
you know, they say, well, you'll probably fail, but if you're still willing to try and, and do it and put in the time and effort, you know, that means that you should probably be doing it, right? So I, I think that, you know, in some ways, great inflation is kind of setting students up for failure in the real world, right? Because, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I mean, you're, you're not going to get patted on the back just for doing what you should be doing at the bare minimum, essentially, right? Um, and, and, and again, you know, even if you do outstanding work, oftentimes you don't always get a reward for that. Um, and again, that's sort of a, a, a more extreme explanation or, or sort of take on, on this whole issue. But I think it's important to keep in mind, you know, there, there's something there, I think, about just sort of this idea of having grit and determination, you know, not to be self-critical and self-defeating, but to sort of push yourself to always do better and, and always want to improve. That is sort of, uh, you know, it feels more and more as if it's becoming diluted in academia. And I think that's a question that academia has to ask, has to reassess in terms of deciding, well, what is higher education? What is college really about? Is it about giving A's for completing work or should we redefine these expectations, right? And I think for us teachers, you know, we need to take a look as well and try to be clearer in continuing to really define these expectations and explain those very clearly or as clearly as we can. And and again, you know, I say all of this still with the caveat that this is a, a minority percentage of students who um, have these these beefs, right? Who have these gripes, but it's a growing one, and I think think it's a it's a disturbing one for that reason, and it's one that needs to be talked about more and, and needs to be discussed more and needs to be uh, eventually, inevitably uh, addressed in that way. So I know for my part, I'm going to keep trying to redefine how I do my assessments, how I relate those assessments to my students, and um, you know, just make those expectations as clear as possible because I think that's one of the best services we can do for them moving forward as, as well for ourselves. So... That's really all I wanted to say about some of these issues of grade inflation and sort of what I've noticed, especially, again, in relatively recent semesters. But I, I'm very, very curious to know what other educators and students think about this. So uh, I, I'm interested as well, not just for, for college instructors and students, but also high school instructors and students, sort of, well, what are your expectations? Because I know that they are different at different levels of education, obviously. Um, so really interested as to what some further perspectives might be on this topic. So, uh, yeah, you know, feel free to let us know. I mean, you can tweet at us if you're on Twitter. Our twi Twitter handle is at Joe T Labs. Or you can uh, check us out on uh, podbean.com. That's our main website. That's professorlabs.podbean.com. And, uh, you know, let, let us know. I, I would love to get some further insights and philosophies on this. I'm not, again, trying to judge even students who have these discrepancies or, or differences of, of a, uh, you know, perspective here. But I, I, I honestly genuinely do want to try to, you know, get further uh, uh, in depth as to, you know, sort of why this issue exists the way it does, as with many of the issues we've uh, we've discussed here. So, yeah, let us know what you think. If you like what you hear here, please share it with anybody who you think might have some useful insight or useful thoughts on this as well. Um, and most importantly, thank you, thank everybody for a fantastic year. Uh, we started this podcast a few months ago, and uh, we've gotten 
uh, some pretty regular listeners. I think we're up to like 10 subscribers or something, which is really cool. Uh, and I know some are students, some are teachers, some are just, you know, people who are interested in, in education. So yeah, it's been really cool to talk about some of these topics with you all. Um, we have a lot of plans for next year. This, so again, this is going to, going to be our last episode this year. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a lot of a lot of, lot more topics. Uh, maybe some interviews coming up. Um, if you have other ideas, let us know. Um, but yeah, I I I just want to thank everybody for listening, and wish everybody an awesome Happy New Year. Um, if you have New Year's resolutions, I think that's a great idea. Um, you know, get it done. <laughs> you know, try to try to improve yourself. I know. I'll be, I'll be doing that myself. Um, and I know, you know, it's something that I, I spoke to many students about wrapping up this semester, you know, trying to improve ourselves moving forward. So, um, you know, talk to people about your resolutions, try to get those going. And we're going to try to make some resolutions here coming up as to some improvements that we're going to do for the podcast moving forward. So, yeah, um, we do this here to learn more. And so we're looking forward to the new decade with you guys. Uh, starting next week and and learning more with you there in 2020. So until then, thank you again so much. Uh, Happy New Year and uh, keep learning. Take care. Bye-bye.